Hello friends, here we are in Uganda. We're actually at the site of the major shrine to the Ugandan martyrs. Jim and I came over here basically to tell the story of the resistance of all of Africa to the West's push. Now, it's impossible that these largely poor people are resisting the pressure of the West that comes in all sorts of forms. You want help, money help with this and that and the other thing? You've got to accept the whole abortion, contraception, LGBT agenda. But yet, here these poor people are resisting. How are they doing that? And why is it that Uganda is the heart of that resistance? It's because the resistance stems from the blood of the martyrs, the martyrs of Uganda. That's why we're here in the major shrine to learn about the martyrs, their example, their example especially of obeying God rather than man. Come with us, if you will, to learn about the Ugandan martyrs. Hello, LifeSite friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Each round is stamped on the back with an image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, we feature LifeSite's logo, surrounded by brilliant sunbursts and draped with olive branches, and each round commemorates LifeSite's 25 years of pro-life, pro-family reporting in America, Canada, and beyond. These one troy ounce rounds are 0.999 pure silver, and LifeSite has just under 10,000 in stock. They're beautiful, historic, and forever enshrining the most important American pro-life victory of a generation. This first edition LifeSite Silver Round is the perfect gift for yourself or anyone you love that collects precious metals and is passionately pro-life. And each purchase helps directly fund LifeSite's pro-life and pro-family mission. This is the first precious metals collectible of its kind that is directly supporting LifeSite's worldwide mission that you know, love, and trust. And now it can be yours while limited supplies last. Get your one troy ounce rounds of 99% pure silver today by clicking the first link below and celebrate life with all of us at LifeSite News. We are here at the major shrine of the Ugandan martyrs speaking with the world's foremost expert on the martyrs, Father Joseph Mwange. Father, good to be with you. Nice, nice. I'm glad to see you here. Really, I, I feel touched. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you, Father. Are you able to start us off with a prayer, please? Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, without end. And Mother Mary, Queen of Martyrs, pray May the Uganda Martyrs pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, it's great to speak with you. We are here from the West, from America, from Canada, and We've seen Uganda as the head of the resistance against a push that we have in America, Canada, all of Europe, against the family. Yeah, yeah. And I do wonder if it's not the martyrs here that are keeping Uganda strong, but maybe even all of Africa strong. I think you are right. The Uganda martyrs contributed a great deal to the spread of the gospel on the continent. Beautiful. Yes, they suffered, 
but the results are very positive. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about their story, particularly about, you know, they were sort of propositioned by the king, as far as I understand, and they resisted that because they knew that it was such behaviors were wrong according to the Catholic Church, which they were just coming into. Is that correct? Oh, yes, they had the problems with the then kings of Bukanda, and the major role they played was to refuse to adhere to non-Christian uh, behavior. Above all, they, they, they remained firm, putting God first, uh, saying that if the two are to be put there, one, you go with God, but the consequence will be death, and you go with the king, and the consequence will be get freed. And they chose to go to the side of God, and they ended up dying martyrs. Thanks be to God. Above all, we, I should add on this, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. If it were not the Holy Spirit, I wonder whether they would have uh, proved themselves, uh, they would have proven themselves uh, so much to that extent. The one we have here, Kitso, I believe, mm. is his name. How old was he? 14 years old. Wow. Mm, very wow. young. And I understand he was baptized by Charles Luanga, as you have this oh, yes. beautiful shrine here. Yes, it's the fact. But Charles Luanga wasn't a, wasn't a priest or a deacon? No, no, no. Because the church says there is no priest. If a priest were here, the priest would have baptized this person. But now this person is in a great danger of death. Now, it is anybody's uh, responsibility to baptize that person, provided that person does what the church does. And what, what does the church do? Pour three times water on that person's forehead, saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm. This is exactly what Kazruanga remembered. Mm. Yeah, because she noticed that they were in danger and that there were some who might have get killed without baptism. Mm. One of them was Kizito, we are talking about, Another one was Mogaga, another one was Gyavira, another one was Karoli Werave. Thanks be to God, Kazruanga remembered that principle. How did this go? The, the king was um, angered with them for not agreeing to be with him in, in an inappropriate way. Why, why would he want that anyway? Is this, was this part of the culture then, or what was that? Yes, at times some people put that first, but historically it can be proven wrong. Yes, there were, there were such, acti such acts within the palace, but it was not the major cause of the martyrdom of these boys. The major 
major thing was refusing to abandon the Christian faith. And this is the place, a very historical place, where the martyrs were sentenced in 1886 for, for, for death. It is from here when they walked a couple of days to the place of martyrdom. It is the place when some of them they have died. Others, in the hour of death, they were baptized. The youngest, only 13 years old, uh, Kizito. So we are standing in this very holy place. Behind us is just uh, the tomb of one of the martyrs, St. Andrew Kagwa, who was martyred in this very place and later buried in the very tomb. He is one of the most influential martyrs because he is the very first one who got holy matrimony, the sacrament of holy matrimony in Uganda. It was just a few years after the arrival of Christian missionaries in Uganda. So he's seen as an example for family life, as an example for, uh, for being a strong and faithful husband. At the time when missionaries left the country, uh, when they were not able because of insecurity to be here, when they were in neighboring Tang Tanganyika, which is now Tanzania, it was Andrew Kagwa who became the main evangelizer. Mm. His home, um, not nearby this very place, just a couple of miles, became like the local church. People uh, from all over the kingdom were coming for catechism. He was the one taking care, preparing them for sacraments. In some extraordinary cases, he was even baptizing them as there was no priest. And at the same time, wife was taking care of diaconia. She was the one preparing and taking care of visitors. That's why uh, his marriage has been seen as a truly exemplary marriage. And he is a patron of catechists, those who are preparing for sacraments as well as a family. So this very place is, is very important, I believe, not only for the church in Uganda, uh, for the whole church, uh, um, the Catholic Church, uh, especially in Africa, especially in this time uh, when we have so many challenges and so many external influences which are fighting the, the true family values in our Christian life. Now, what was it, the story of the martyrs, the way it went, what was it that they were martyred for? Why are they sort of revered as patrons of defense of purity and, and things like that? For sure, there were very many factors why they have died. And some people claim there were very many political factors. Um, still, Christianity was something very new. It was just in uh, 1879 when the first Catholic missionaries arrived in the country. And it was only two years after people in Baganda at that time, the kingdom of Baganda, heard about Christ. So it was something extraordinary new. There's a story connected to this very place. Uh, we know very well that the, the palace of the king was in the city center. But when uh, the palace of the king got burned, um, king came to stay in this very place. It wasn't his main palace, but it was a palace where he used to like to spend time. He was going from here for a hunting expedition. The swamp which you see just a couple of years ago was full of hippopotamus. And he was hunting for hippopotamus from this very place. When his palace got burned, he came to stay here. He wanted to relax, he wanted to forget about the tension. Who is guilty? <laughs> Who is against me? What is happening to my kingdom? These are the questions the king was asking a witch doctor. 
And he had a very straightforward answer. You are not any longer king. There are the people who are taking over your kingdom. These are the white missionaries. A king couldn't believe, but when he looked around, he saw that actually those who were closest to him, they were not around, and he asked, where are they? He had answered, they are studying religion with the white fathers. And this is the time when he believed, this witch doctor is right. I'm not any longer king. Please bring all of them here. There was already a huge tension in the kingdom. You know, that was the very first time when King heard uh, that someone can question him. He was questioned by Joseph Mukasa Balikudemba, the very first martyr, when he decided to kill Bishop Huntington, the Anglican bishop who was coming just a few months before uh, King moved to this very place. There are stories when uh, martyrs, the future martyrs, were saying no to the king. Uh, there are very many sources indicating that king wanted to use some of them for their own pleasures. But they were saying, no, this is against our standards. This is not our morality. We can't do this. It was the very first time when king could hear from those who were so close to him, no. It was something shocking. So all these factors contributed that King got so furious. He said, if they can't listen to me, if they cannot be with me, bring all of them to this very place. So on 26th May, they start bringing them one by one from this very place. And they were gathered here um, nearby the tree and the house uh, which we are just standing by. King was so furious, he didn't want to see any, anyone. And the first one, Saint Denis Sebogwawo, most likely was spared by King himself. Others were still coming. Close to the swamp, Charles Wanga knew what might happen. So those who were not yet baptized, he baptized from this very place. Just, you know, feeling what it may happen. The missionary, first missionary, the servant of God, Father Luder, was coming here. And he wanted to intervene. He still wanted to beg King so that he would be released. But he, he was not allowed to see a king. That's why in the place where we have now Grotto of Our Lady of Sorrows, he is the one who pray over them and entrusted them to the care of Our Lady of Sorrows. So it was the next day when King called all of them and he gave them a simple question. You have only one king, me or Jesus? No other option. The first one was Charles Wanga, who stood up and he said, we cannot deny Jesus Christ. And then after him, were are the future martyrs who are standing up and saying, I cannot deny Jesus, I cannot deny Jesus. The story says that King didn't say anything, but he just showed a finger indicating um, to the soldiers that they need to be taken for execution. So this is the story of Uganda martyrs. Uh, we know that some of them, they died for the defense of purity, for chastity, for standing, for Christian and moral values in their life. Part of the, the inheritance of Uganda from the martyrs is that they will give absolute obedience only to God and whatever conflicts with God's law, they, they won't do. Uganda's not all Catholic. I think you've- It makes no 30, 36, 37%? Uh, but the biggest part is Christians. Okay. Christians. So Uganda is very privileged to have embraced such. 
this explains why they were Catholic martyrs, but they were also Protestant martyrs. Mm -hmm. And the majority were killed at Namugongo. Namugongo, now it's about if five to four to five minutes drive to the spot. It's under the Anglican church. That's where the, the major execution site was. And it was, in fact, one of the then 13 official execution sites in the kingdom of Buganda. Now, the Namugongo of here, where the basilica is, uh, plays a very prominent, prominent, uh, prominent, enjoys a very prominent place because of Charles Ruanga. In fact, it was only Charles Ruanga that was killed here. And if it were possible, he too would have been killed at uh, that site, which lies at, at um, four to five minutes drive. Why was Charles Ruanga killed here? Yes, the king, while at Munyonyo, Munyonyo is a distance from here, more than 20 miles, and that's where he sentenced the, the martyrs to death. He said, take them to Namugongo. They spent some days in, in, in a nearby village called Kito, and during the seven days, soldiers and others were collecting firewood, that would be used, and it was enough firewood was realized on the 2nd of June. So the whole night, the, the chief executioner there was drumming and singing together with his men. Oh, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, her mothers will weep on seeing their sons dying. Uh, they moved uh, up to somewhere in front of the Uganda Martyrs senior, senior Secondary School, according to one writer, Fopel, and that Fopel, 1962, uh, the African Holocaust, the story of the Uganda Martyrs. He says, from that spot, not here to the Basilica, but beyond, uh, more than 50, uh, more than about 50 years, we know about 50 meters. So, as they were there, an executioner was hitting on each one's head, which was a signal to that person, you are to die. But let your ghost not retaliate. I am not killing you, but it is the God you are despising. Mm. <laughs> and then on reaching, he chased Ruanga, said, you boy, do you remember what you did to me some two years back? And that, that was rotating around the fact that had had taken when the king had ordered for the excavation of a lake near his palace at Mengo. Mengo is in, in, in Kampala. Charles Wanga was given the responsibility. In fact, he offered himself and was he led the exercise of excavating the lake and the king said let every able, able male youth join you 
Mm. Now let every able other man join you. Then this assistant execution, executioner uh, said after, I'm not going to work under your boy. No, but when Habakkuk said, hey, even though I'm not, you are 24, I am 40 years, and you expect me to work under you? How that created a big problem, then Charles Ruanga being a good leader, organized a meeting of opinion leaders, and that Senkori, the assistant executions, uh, executioner, Assistant, assistant chief executioner was fined three calabashes of the local brew and a goat. In fact, they were relevant. They were to be taken by the people doing the, the exercise of excavating the lake. Ah, he paid it, but he retained the grudge. That was towards the end of 1884. But here, Charles Wanga was killed on the 3rd of June, 1886. So when he reached them, do you remember how did you reached me? How? You, oh, but by then you were very strong. But now, I, I tell you, I am stronger than you. You will not even reach the execution site. You will not reach. I'm killing you here. So he dragged him up to the spot. In fact, it is in the basilica and burnt him from feet to head in a slow fire. And Chiruanga, Charles Ruanga was very, uh, very strong in faith. He said, my God, those were the words that were, and they are narrated by a Muslim. A Muslim said, he was, he was Abdul Aziz Ibn Wadda, a Muslim. He was not being taken to be killed because of faith but because of what he had done during the exercise of collecting the king's tax in, in Masaka. Masaka is a distance, a distance from here. From there he was brought and he, he, the king ordered that he be killed at Namukon. So he was not among those that were being taken to be killed because of their faith. No, it was another case. So he said, oh, I saw that boy. Oh, looking at the same time, closing, collecting a lot of air, mm, then blowing it out. And the words were, my God, my God, my God. A Muslim, he tells us that, how oh, that he was very strong, very strong. And in addition to that, one word he said, Hassan Kore, you, the assistant chief executioner, you were burning me. If you knew how sweet Christianity is, you too would embrace Christianity one day. Senkori just laughed it off. <laughs> but some time after the death of Charles Rwanka, Senkori realized that he had been faulty. So he went to the missionaries, asked them for baptism. Wow. But they said, we prepare you for that, as it's always done. We, unfortunately, before he was baptized, he died in the waters of Lake Victoria as they are proceeding. And you know, he was at the same time 
a drunkard. He was known for that. Possibly he was he had possibly he had taken something more than she would have, possibly. Because when a big wave came from the front of the boat, he hit it. It was only him that was thrown out of the boat and died in the lake. But you never know. God's mercy. We might find him in heaven. <laughs> How many martyrs, can, uh, Ugandan martyrs, were there altogether? They were 22. 22. One here, then uh, 12, 12 others continued yeah. to the spot, but nine others died elsewhere. At Munyonyo, at Munyonyo also Andrew, Andrew Kagoa, at Munyonyo, at Kamura on the road towards Kampala, the Ponsiano Montre, uh -huh. at Nasbaziketa was killed at a uh, market, where a market stands today. Also, Balukudembe. Balukudembe had been killed there some months before, some months earlier, then Gonzaga uh, Gonza, about four miles from here. Uh, then in Mitiana, there was Noah Mawagali. Then on the 31st of May, Matthias Murumba at Old Kampala on the 30th of May. So those are nine. Nine plus 13, those are 22. They were all men. There was no women killed. Hey, if they, they killed women, they would be in bigger numbers. Uh -huh. It would it would should have been a, a bigger number because there were women that were ready to kill, to be killed for their faith. But the soldiers were saying, Ah, the king ordered us not to touch any missionary, not to touch any woman. Woman, yeah. let women see many dying. They will soon uh, give up. So some women that were ready was a one Claire. Later she was killed. Later, later. Then in in, in Masaka area, there is Musubika, and there is also Narusiba, Narusiba in Bisanje, Musubika Narozari parish. The wife of Matthias Murumba also was ready to die for her faith. The mother of Noah Mawagari was also ready because she also said when they went to, to kill her son, said, yes, you've killed my son. If it has been because of faith, here I am, ready to die for the same cause. The sister of Noah Mawagari, Matilda, also said, Mechtild, also said, you've killed my brother. If it, it has been because of the Christian faith, here I am. Then, ah, oh. Later, the executioner said, Mbugano, by name, said, okay, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. But the intention was not to bring them and kill them. The intention was, it, 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 it was concluded by some historians, the reason was he wanted to take this girl, this beautiful young girl. Because when they reached Kampala, they proceeded eastwards where he had a home and retained the two 
for some time, for about a month, that soldier was pestering the girl for sex. But the girl persisted, and uh, later this uh, executioner said, Ah, so stupid a girl. Oh, let whoever wants to take, take her, please come. Fortunately, the missionaries got the, 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 the message. So they came and rescued her along with the mother. Hmm. And they rescued her. Ah, the mother died in, 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 in Mitiana direction, that's the southwards. Uh, that was. Otherwise, what I'm trying to emphasize is there were women that were ready to be killed for their faith. Tell us, how long did it take after the martyrdoms for the faith to be accepted? And, and how is it that, you know, it persisted even among such stiff persecution? The pioneer missionaries arrived in the country on the 17th of February, 1879. They were two, Father Ludell and Brother Amans. They were French. They arrived, leaving behind three colleagues, three colleagues who remained in Tanganyika, waiting for the permission from the king, including the leader of the group. They arrived on the 17th of June, the same year, 1879, joining the other two. That was a group of five. In fact, the superior was Father Livinac. In the group was Father Giraud, Father Balbo, Father Ludel, and Brother Amans. So they started work, started and started. The following year, the first baptisms took place, March 1880. So baptizing continued, continued. But now imagine the martyrdom, the major martyrdom. It takes place in 1885, within so short a time, beginning with the Joseph Mukasabali Kudembe. The majority, 1886, then uh, the last one, John Mary Kiwanuka Musei, 1887. It's within so short a time. First of all, the missionaries did, did whatever they could. We should thank God because they were, we can say, very committed. Two, the Holy Spirit did a tremendous work. Three, the would-be martyrs also showed extra commitment. Yes, because now imagine, I imagine, I imagine, without the Holy Spirit, do you think I would have accepted? I think I would have run away, <laughs> to be frank. But with, with the the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I would. Because remember seeing your friend on a, on a burning fire, and you remain. Oh, thanks be to God, thanks be to the work 
done right from the, the pioneer missionary's time up to the time, but also up to today. If such were to take place today, I'm sure many would have offered themselves according to what I have seen, especially during the 30 years, 38 years I have been a priest. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen much. Yes, I've been doing that, this and that, 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 from curate to the national level. Hey, I think I, I can say with certainty, there are, there are people that can also accept dying such a way, yeah. In today's Uganda? In today's Uganda, hmm. Is it possible? Father, any parting words for um, the West that is plagued by a lot of infidelity, obedience to the world, not obedience to God? Mm. Um, we want the example of the martyrs mm. over yeah. in the West as mm. well. I go to America because of the faith demonstrated there. I've been to Boston several times, about four times, four, about four times, Boston alone. How do I go there? The Catholic community there does the, the arrangement. They send me an invitation later. They pay for the air ticket, promising also to take care of me while there. And, why do I go to join them celebrating the, the, the day of the Uganda martyrs? So I've been going there every third, uh, every after the third of June here. And the following Sunday finds me there and we celebrate together. Imagine I don't pay any penny. Uh, they do it. My work is only to prepare myself, go to the airport. Oh, it's not only I that go there, they invite several others. I'm only one, one of them. The other time, I mean, about four years ago, mm -hmm. huh, I've be, I had been invited to California due to COVID. I didn't go. I was supposed to, from Boston, then I would move to California. From California, I would go to South Africa. I said, but shall I manage? But God willed that I don't go to either to Boston, California, South Africa. But two years ago, I think, Catholics from California, yeah, okay, because from California, asked me for a document, a written document. They needed it. And the bishop that was to celebrate Mass there was to use it. I sent it. So I'm still in touch. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Father, for explaining to us the martyrs. God bless you. Thank you. And please pray for us. Thank you. We'll recover soon. I am Father Joseph Mukasa Muonge, promoter of the devotion to the Uganda martyrs the Archdiocese of Kampala. At the same time, I am a journalist 
and I use the media as much as I can to spread the gospel, to spread the devotion. Thank you very, very much. I'm very grateful. Please come again. Please, God. <laughs>